What's going on, everybody? It's your man, Winston Ward. And your girl, Ashley, is here with the Rise of the Creative Podcast. And what do we have going on today? Today, we have a very, 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 very special guest. Super special. Yes, this is actually a part two. Part two. It's a part two. This is, a, but this is our first time doing a part two, which is crazy. Right. Uh-huh. Um, of a special edition of Rise of the Creative, Creating the Creative, mm-hmm. a Father's Day edition. Right. Yeah. And who, who do we have here? Today we have... Mm-hmm. Hyper Mark. Pastor. What else? Evangel. Uh-huh. Holy Ghost Field. <laughs> Fire Baptized. <laughs> Kojic Raised. <laughs> Jesus made. I've been practicing all that all week. So. <laughs> we have my daddy, mm-hmm. Pastor Evangel Sebastian Boyd. Why you had to say his name like that? <laughs> Everybody says his name like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, clearly, That's a nice right? way to put it. <laughs> well, um, uh, Pastor Boy, listen, I would just want to just thank you so much for coming on to this show. Um, I've heard nothing but amazing things about you. you. Um, and one thing that just I know personally from growing up is that pastors are extremely creative. Um, and that's the main reason why we brought you on to this thank show. You. Of course, because it's Father's Day. But um, I kind of just wanted us to kind of just tap into your, you know, creative, creative side and okay. just find out a little bit more about you. Okay. But before we get into the episode, we um we like to start every episode with a creative quote. Wouldn't it be cool if we did a prayer? Um, no, I was just joking. Um, I w- you can edit that part <laughs> out. It was like a, something I said out loud. Um, I, you want to read the quote or you want me to read you it? You should read it. Okay. So the, the creative quote for today's podcast is, Every father should remember that one day his child will follow his example not his advice. That was by Charles Keatering. Mm. I just love that. Mm. Yeah, when when I saw when I saw it when that you posted, I was like, "That's a good one." Right. That's a really really good one. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, let's 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 get into some questions about you. Um, where does where does your story begin? Like, did you when you were younger, did you know that you were going to be a pastor? Wow, that's a great question. Funny that you even asked me that in the third grade. I, I was a visionary in the third grade. Okay. And being in the third grade, I would sit in class and daydream at times of being a great organizer, mm-hmm. um, building platforms, uh, creating organizations. But as far as preaching, it could have been around seven years old when I was on my grandparents' porch in Portsmouth, Virginia, being reared by my grandparents. Mm-hmm. I was outside with a Bible in my hand. We were all congregated on the porch, just hanging out. And out of my mouth, I stated one day, I'm going to be a, a preacher. Mm-hmm. And and at that point, I let it go. And here we are today. I'm an evangelist, pastor, teacher, preacher. Wow. So very early on in my life, I knew 
that I would do great things. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't believe it because of uh, what transpired in my life after that, but mm-hmm. God brought it into fruition. Right, right. I was, I was definitely going to ask you. I mean, you don't have to go into, to you know, granular detail about mm-hmm. it. Um, but what? Because I feel like, was it at that point that you re- that you knew and you started taking the steps, oh, wow. or was it like? You knew you had the idea, but at what point did you start taking the steps to wow. actually become a pastor? That's a great question. Also, because there was no cultivation there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's missing in the lives of a lot of young people mm-hmm. is that when they realize that there's something there, mm-hmm. there's no one to help pick that up. Right. It lies dormant. Of and they go through life gifted. And then God brings them back to a place where they can pick it up themselves. Mm-hmm. And God places people in their life. It wasn't picked up until 1996. Okay. And though I went to college and and people saw gift in me, mm-hmm. there was no one there still yet to help cultivate that gift. Mm-hmm. Now I have another question. This isn't on um this isn't on the uh, on the thing on the uh, on the agenda mm-hmm. for, per se. Uh, if you had to choose a place to, let's say, minister. Okay. For the. Uh, for the rest of your life from okay. now on, would it be back in Virginia, mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. or New Jersey? That's a, wow, wow. Um, it definitely wouldn't be VA. <laughs> Why not? Why is that? I thought you was P Town all day, every day. No, Hope big ups, Smith. big ups, big ups to P Town. We're there. We're there next weekend. We're there next weekend for uh-huh. our family reunion. I'm okay. actually preaching. At a um, church down there for a men's breakfast, so big up to P Town. Okay, never forget where I come from, amen. Right, right, um, right. But it won't be that my wife would kick and scream if the Lord told us to go back there. So I don't know uh-huh. if He touched her heart to go back there, but no, definitely it would be the metropolitan area if I can answer it that way. Okay, it won't be New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. but the tri-state area most okay. definitely. But my heart is with New York. Okay, my heart is with New York. So right. a lot of people don't know the difference between a pastor, an evangelist, a minister, even a deacon. Can you kind of break down what's the difference between a, an evangelist and a pastor? Okay. Um, what we have been in Christendom, according to the word of God, is God give it, has given us the fivefold ministry. And he gave some apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And one individual could actually hold all of those gifts and offices. God has blessed me to be a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, and at times he uses me prophetically, but at this point I'm an evangelist. Mm -hmm. An evangelist is one who goes from place to place, hard places most of the time for the conversion of souls. Mm -hmm. So his ministry is to go out and compel people to come. The pastor at that point, once they've come, he's there to teach them and guide them according to God's word Mm -hmm. that they can live a consistent life. But that evangelist is the one he's going to go out there and bring them in. Outreach. Outreach. Mm. That's my gift. That's my passion. And what's the most challenging part about being an evangelist or even a father or a pastor? Wow. Um, The challenging thing is, 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 I guess, getting people to see their potential in God. Mm-hmm. Getting people to come up to the place where God would have them to be opposed to looking at the world in essence of their talent and gift and, and allowing them to be able to show to show them that the gifts you have put it to use for the kingdom of God and God will bless you. That's probably the most challenging thing is getting people to believe in what God has instilled in them. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, question, how do you manage being a pastor and being 
a, I, I'm not going to say like a, like a regular man, but being a pastor and also having a family mm-hmm. and having people who look up to you, like how do you manage doing both? Because I know that it can be hectic, you know, being a pastor because in a sense, that's almost like a whole entire community mm-hmm. who's looking for your attention mm-hmm. um, as well as your family who's mm-hmm. also looking for your attention. So how do you kind of like manage that? I mean, for me, I, that's, that's a great question. It's easy because I don't take it off. Mm-hmm. Whatever I I, I I talk about, I, I I walk about, I live it. Right. So right now I'm walking in the vocation of an evangelist. Mm-hmm. The same thing applies in my home. The first people I must reach is my family. Right. I don't take it off. So what guides me is the word of God. So mm-hmm. I'm governed by something in the spiritual, and it helps me in my natural life to be able to bring all those conduits together. I don't do it by myself. If it's not God leading me and strengthening me to do it, mm-hmm. I would go bonkers. Right. My daughter, she's going to be melodramatic. I like her. <laughs> she's a very talented person, but she could be melodramatic. My two sons, one is more quiet. One is the, the other one is more outgoing. Okay. So I have to rely on the spirit of God in me to bring mm-hmm. all those conduits together. You're okay. the second person to say that I was melodramatic. <laughs> and Who's the I'm first just, person? My mama. <laughs> I just want to say that I am passionate what we call it? Passionate about being emotional. Right, right. <laughs> That's okay, hilarious. I like how you put that. <laughs> it don't, it don't mean the same thing. But okay. <laughs> uh, we can do psychology if you want to bring psychology. I am not melodramatic. Um, just one one last question, because I kind of want you to elaborate a little bit more. Um, how has ministry altogether just changed your life? Wow. Ministry has done for me what the secular world has not done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, man, my dad was in prison. My mom, I saw her at her height and lose stability because of the streets, but gain it back at the end of her life. I was reared by my grandparents. So when God called me into ministry, I couldn't believe it because of what I experienced. Right. So ministry has shaped my life in such a, a manner in that it has allowed me to be what the world told me I wouldn't be. So I embrace what God said I was going to be and who God made me to be. And it has allowed me to be a champion. I was always a go-getter, but when you got people in your ear saying, you're not going to be this and saying, you're not going to be that. Once I embrace what God has called me to be, it has allowed me to be a champion in every, every area of my life. So I've embraced what God has made me to be. I am the righteousness of God. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I'm not what my grandparents, well, my grandparents instilled all this in me, but mm-hmm. I'm not what my aunties and my uncles and my friends and teachers said I was. They, they, they looking at me now, I'm like, wow. And it's nothing but the glory of God. So ministry has is the one thing that has dominated my life to allow me to be a champion today. I love that answer. I love it. And what advice would you give your younger self? If you could talk to, you know, 16-year-old Sebastian, what would you tell? Or even 7-year-old Sebastian. Right. 7-year-old Sebastian, I would say, I love you. Mm -hmm. 16-year-old me, I would say, don't quit. Don't give up. I don't care what anyone says. Don't quit. Just keep moving. Just keep doing it. You can do this. Mm -hmm. You can do this. So the absence of saying or hearing I love you at such an early age, coupled with, coupled with um, you can't do it, so it made me believe I couldn't. So mm-hmm. I would tell that seven-year-old, I love you. I would hug him and say, I love you. 
get rid of those abandonment issues. That 16-year-old individual, I say, man, you can do all things through Christ, which right. strengthens you. I don't care how dim it look, how bleak it look. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you don't have. You can do it. Don't quit. I love that, man. Now, is that the same advice would is that the same advice you'd give to today's society of youth? Like how, like just kind of like speaks to me like as a minute as like a minister mm-hmm. the create because i feel like in today's society in order for ministers to reach mm-hmm. the community you have to be creative in mm-hmm. a sense Almost so how so how how do ministers today like reach out to kids in this society i, I think i think we have missed the boat as far as the clergy and the community is because we put ourselves on a pedestal that is not there mm mm-hmm. It's, it's fictitious. Mm-hmm. It's built upon sand and not a solid rock. And what happens is when we put ourselves on that pedestal, we can't come down to the level where they are. Mm-hmm. I think that we must remind ourselves that we was once them. Right. And then and that, that love I said to that seven-year-old instill that same love into them and making sure that they don't quit. So we forget who we were. And most importantly, we don't know how to listen. Mm-hmm. I think most importantly, along with them, with us not being great listeners, we got to get dirty with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to understand certain uh, vernacular in the streets. That don't mean you have to succumb and be that. Right. Uh, there are different methodologies, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word is for everyone, mm-hmm. but we have to know how to be persuasive enough. That's one of the things I pray, Lord, don't allow me to lose that that personality you're giving me. I can go in the hood. Mm-hmm. I can go to Wall Street. I can go up to Main Street and talk mm-hmm. to anyone. And I, that's one thing I pride myself on. And most importantly is making sure that we're not beating them up, but right. listening to them first. And even if they think they know everything, humble yourself to allow them to be able to vent, but then with 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 loving kindness, just woo them. Right. Don't don't give it all to them at one shot. Right. But woo them, woo them, woo them. Give them a, a shot here and, and, and leave and come back and give them another shot. Just making yourself available, being visible is, is what's important. Because if you don't open up your mouth, if they see you there and they see you living it, that speaks volumes. Oh, yeah. That goes back to the quote. Yeah. You know, like, if I, <clears throat> um, you're going to listen, you're going to see, you're going to, you'll listen to your father more. To You'll listen to more the. I know what you're trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Like, um, you're gonna you're gonna follow somebody if they're already the example you're supposed to be. Right, exactly. Right. And exactly. so I, I know a lot of my friends were like, oh, I don't go to church because such and such is a hypocrite. And I used to remember getting so frustrated with kids in school, like, no, that's not how church is. Like, church is fun. Like, not everybody is a hypocrite. You do come across the people who sit on a pedestal, and I'm so glad you said that. You do come across the people in church who sit on a pedestal, who take their title and think it's like this grand old thing mm-hmm. and this, you know, easy pass into heaven. And it's absolutely not like that. That's why I Most appreciate definitely. I appreciate my dad's ministry only because he's a, a regular person. I said that, I said that about my, my mom as well. They're like, a re- they're like regular people mm-hmm. who just so happen, not just so happen, who are soul-saving. Right. Yeah, no doubt. That's what it's all about. You can call me Sebastian. <laughs> you don't have to call me evangelist. You don't have to call me pastor. Mr. Boyd, Sebastian, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's not about the title. Yeah. It's about the life. I was taught at an early age that my greatest ministry is from the pulpit to my home. Mm-hmm. Is what I do in between right. that speaks volumes. So, and I'm not perfect, dude. I, I make a mistake, of course. But what's most important for me is that I get it right real quick. Right. Yeah, I get it right real quick. 
What advice would you give somebody who isn't necessarily religious, Mm -hmm. but is going through like a hard time? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, See, let's let's wipe out the word religion. Um, And I don't mean wipe it out in the sense that we forget about it. Um, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Um, there are many people in tight situations today, difficult situations that want to come out. They just don't know how to get out. Right. I don't care who you are, white, black, brown, blue, rich or poor. If you call on Jesus, he's going to answer prayer. You know, one of the great things I love about his sovereignty is that especially when he has his hands on your life, all you got to do is dial him up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Call him up. We sing the song, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Right. I don't care who you are. My wife's testimony that she was at home ready to take some pills. If I could say that she's with her beautiful self sitting right here and, and she was ready to commit suicide. She wasn't professing salvation, mm-hmm. but God and his loving kindness allowed her to turn on the TV and a and preacher by the name of Peter Popoff was on. And he said, via God through the Holy Spirit, don't do it. Don't take a life. I don't know verbatim what was said, but she ended up not taking the pills. Right. So I don't care who you are, drug dealer, a drug lord, pimp, prostitute, whoever you are, whatever background you have, all you got to do is call on Jesus. He's going to answer prayer. So you don't have to be super religious. You don't have to go to church to get saved. You can mm-hmm. get saved right in your home, right on the street, right in the liquor store, buying a bottle, getting a henny, whatever, wherever you are, all you got to do is say, Jesus, help me with a sincere heart. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to help you. I don't care who you are. If you ask Jesus to help you, he's going to help you with a sincere heart. But you got to be sincere. Yeah. No, I love that, man. I love that. And I, feel, I, I love the fact how you how you said it can be anybody. Anybody. You know, because I feel like a lot of people uh, growing up, especially people like in the hood, you know, they're like, you know, church ain't for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No and, and to be honest, I feel like it, it is it is partly some of the church's fault. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. like you said, it's that, that, that pedestal. Right. That pedestal that isn't there. Right. You know, so it kind of like alienates certain people. Right. So the fact that you're saying, listen, it's... You know, the kingdom is for everybody. Everybody, you know? man. This so. woman at the cross, man. You think that drug dealer, if I walk up on him, me and my homeboy, we used to, we used to, his name is Rob Roach. We used to, at night, strategically at night, walk around Harlem and just, we knew where the boys were. And right. we would go and like, let's, let's pray. You think they did not take that prayer? Right. That they were not going to stop and do and go home. Right. right. They were going to keep doing and keep grinding. Right. But at least they took the prayer. Right. So they're going to take the prayer. They want prayer. They know they need to get right. It's not for us to beat them up. Right. Let them know that God loves you. He can bring you out of this and pray that God protect them so that they can one day say, Lord, I'm ready. Right. So nobody's going to turn down prayer. Yeah, I love that, man. That's I, I feel like that's so creative. Like I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have even like thought of something like that. Like that. Yeah. That's that's just amazing. Um there was a question that I had for you. Um just speak just keeping on that same creative um path that we're on, um, how have you fostered creativeness in your children? That's a great question, man. What I my kids, you know, my wife and I met, she had two, I had one. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in stepkids. They my kids. Right. You know, I t- they're minds. I no one knows that they're my stepkids other than family, but they're minds. And 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 what I what I was able to do with the help of the Lord, if I could, and I don't want to beat nobody in the head with the Lord and things like that over the podcast, mm-hmm. but um, that's just who I am. Um, and at an early age, I was able to discern what their talent and what their gift were, mm-hmm. and it was up to my wife and I to allow them to grow into it. 
But it was most importantly, even if I told them this is what God has for you, for them to receive it. Right. And once they receive it, then I can help cultivate it, but not until they're able to say, all right, you know what? I want to walk in my true talent, my true gift. Then I can help them cultivate that gift. So I saw things in them early. I expressed to all of them what it is, but they have to want to walk into it. I love that, man. What advice would you give young men raising children today? Oh, man, I, big ups to the brothers that's doing it without any help. Um, big ups to the brothers who are um, raising families and, you know, they're, they're trying to make ends meet. They're working. They're coming home. They're cooking. They're doing the girls' hair. They're, they're making sure their children's homework is done. Big up. A lot of brothers don't get a lot of credit for that. And yeah. I want to say, man, God bless. Keep moving. Keep doing it. And just be there for your kids, man. Kids don't want money. Kids don't. Real kids don't. They're not looking at. I mean, we put that on kids. We it's it's how we foster them when they're young. But mm -hmm. kids kids don't know anything about money. They don't they don't know anything about clothes. They just want to see daddy there. They just right. want to. If right. I know my dad is there, even if he don't have it, I know he got my back. Kids just want to know that they can trust you. Yeah. So you need to just be there consistently and, and discipline them. That discipline, when you discipline them in love, they know that you really love them. Right. They may not like it at that point, but they grow up and say, Dad, man, if my dad had not told me don't go down that block, if my dad had not whipped me because I did this and I did that, I would probably be somewhere else. But I would get what I would say to that dad is to keep doing what you're doing, keep mm -hmm. grinding, just be available, avail yourself to your children. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you give them, but if they you can reward them, but most important is just being there, being putting yourself in the position to always be there. Yeah. And to be able to be a great listener and to so that you can give a great response to their questions. I love that, man. Uh would you have any advice uh for raising for raising creative children because I feel like there is a difference between oh most definitely you know? most definitely I mean we're not the Joe Jacksons you know and the, the Oscars <laughs> yes and you the, were and the, and, the, <laughs> and the parents that live vicariously through their children right, you know right. <laughs> this is what's going on today once you realize that that child has an uh, ability to do something and you see that they could be very um, wise in it, very creative in it, very successful in it. It's basically for the parent, it's just to put them in an environment to help cultivate that. Mm -hmm. uh, look, Gabby Douglas, her mom saw that. She wanted to be in gymnastics, so they put her in schools. Um, I wish my daughter would have went to acting school. I think she would have been a great actress. I think she's going to be a great orator when she says yes, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, she has a business mind. But I do see her being a great writer, a great orator, someone who could change the time like a Toni Morrison. And that's her talent. That's her gift. I want to encourage her to pursue that. So at the most, for parents, it's us to, to guide them, not force them to do it. Right. But let them show them this is, the, this is what God has in store for you. Mm -hmm. And be like Shirley Caesar. She was offered contracts from record, record companies. And she said, no, I'm going to sing for the Lord. And Marvin Sapp, mom said, look, you can either sing for the Lord or you're going to sing for the world. She said, mommy, I'm going to sing for the world. And songs he probably didn't think or didn't, didn't assume to be on the radio were on the radio. Mm -hmm. It wasn't by choice. It was because he sold out. Mm -hmm. So the the advice I would give is to parents is to once you see that gift and you expressed it to them, just help them get to where they need to be without pressure. 
don't put no more pressure on them than the gift is already on them because to whom much is given, much is required. Oh, yes. When you walk in the talent, when you walk in the gift, man, it's going to cost you your life at times. Oh, yes. And the more pressure you put on that child, the more they're not going to want to do it. Yeah. So it's our responsibility is once we see that gift on them, put them in the environment to help have people help cultivate to get them there without you pushing them because you see fame and money. Yeah. Let them gradually take the steps. I didn't take the elevator to where I am today as a pastor and evangelist. My bishop took us on the elevator. On the, on the stairs mm-hmm. So as, as the parents Take them on the stairs Let them ride that journey out Let them still have fun Let them still be a kid And, and allow them to just Walk progressively in that thing And it's going to fit Just like a glove if you, if you do it that way I love that man If, if you had hmm, If you had one piece of advice To give to all your children What would it be? <laughs> all of us. All of us. All, all of thirteen of us now. <laughs> <laughs> all of the, all three of them know is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, and mm-hmm. whatever you want to do in all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. I don't want them to make the mistakes I made, my wife and I made. I want them to be able to make sound decisions, collect with clarity and precise instruction, knowing that. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I would always admonish them to put God first mm-hmm. and to acknowledge him in whatever you want to do. Lord, should I do this? And he will, with, if you're sincere, show you what you're supposed to do. And there won't be any problems down the road. Because see, what happens is someone can get involved in something and they may not see any 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 turbulence in the beginning. But down the road, most definitely, they'll see their mistake. I shouldn't have did this. So mm-hmm. just ask God for direction. I love that, man. Now, I have a question. Me and Winston go back and forth with this question all the time. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a gift and a talent? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. Um, everyone is talented in, in essence because um, I may not be a great writer, but that person, I could be a great speaker. I could say what you can write. Um, I seen this in, in elementary school. I, I went to school with some some bright people mm-hmm. who were able to articulate, who were, who were able to do this, who were able to run and jump. That's a talent, but a gift would propel you into purpose. Mm-hmm. So the difference is that talent. Anyone could be talented in something, mm-hmm. but that won't put them on their purpose in life. Mm-hmm. The difference is let's take let's take Jesse Owens. He was talented as a runner, mm-hmm. but his purpose in life was to use that running to a point where he would defy the odds against Hitler in, in Germany and Russia. Mm-hmm. So that driven that talent, once he realized it was a gift, allowed him to do great exploits. Mm-hmm. Your talent will only take you so far, mm-hmm. but the gift Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father lights to whom there is no variableness. God gives us gifts that whereby we could be profit from, but be a blessing to others. That's that. a great perspective. Because we didn't think, we yeah. didn't talk about it yeah. like that. We we spoke of it as the the outside of it. Like, right. a gift is something that you're naturally born with. Yes. Winston is a naturally great singer. Yes. He didn't think that was a gift. He That's thought it was a, a talent. But not everybody can sing. You can learn to sing, yeah. and it could become a talent. Right. But something that you're born with, I think, is a gift. There are a lot of talented singers that can't get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right. Whitney Houston was an anointed, gifted singer. Mm-hmm. 
and she was able to transcend the industry. I think she's the greatest singer ever, hands down, um, bar none. That's it. She was gifted at that mm-hmm. because she it transcends boundaries. Talent is only going to take you to, to the rucker. Mm-hmm. It's not going to put you in the NBA. Yeah. Your gift is going to put you in the NBA, and your gift will make room for you. Wherever you go, people are going to say, man, look at LeBron James. He was gifted at Mm -hmm. 17. Mm -hmm. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the only one 17, Mm -hmm. because they saw the gift in him young, and they Mm -hmm. cultivated it really quick. Mm -hmm. And this is why he was able to skip college and go right directly to the pros, because his gift made room for you. Your gift would take you where talent won't. Right. Now, the the only caveat that I had to that was... Every time that we bring up this conversation of you know talent uh, versus uh, skill mm-hmm. or gift or not or talent versus gift, my um, my only rebuttal to that is where does the hard work fall in? So that's that, a great, where does where, the yeah. where does the hours in the gym yeah. that LeBron spent? Yeah. You know where does yeah. the the vocal coaching come in? Like where does where does that lie? See you know? that see that's just there's 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 there's, there's something also called raw raw talent. Mm-hmm. Raw talent potentially can be turned into a gift Mm -hmm. because, see, raw talent is the individual who you thought would never be anything, Mm -hmm. who you thought couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And you heard them sing, wow. It wasn't just, it it was raw because there was no one to help bring it out of them. Mm -hmm. But see, that's why it's important that we have teachers Mm -hmm. that can see something in us. The difference is, is that I could go into the gym all day and shoot 100 jump shots. Mm -hmm. And, and that don't mean I'm going to get a trial for the Lakers. Right, right. You know what I mean? LeBron, mm-hmm. Island Iverson said it best. And we've all heard it. When he was being interviewed, he said, <laughs> we're talking about practice. <laughs> we're talking about practice. <laughs> practice. The cat never had to practice. Right. But on nightly basis, he dropping 40. Yeah. That's yeah. a gift. Yeah. Where the other cat, like, man, I got to stay in the gym from sun up to sundown. Because if I don't warm myself up before the game... Yeah. I'm not going to produce. Some cats mm-hmm. just don't need to produce. It's already in them. Mm-hmm. I can get up to the glory of God and not have no sermon before me and the Holy Ghost will preach through me. That's a gift. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Somebody got to have paper before them. Right. They can write all night. But the anointing makes the difference. That's right. the gift. Right. All right. So you brought up sermon. So kind of kind of walk me through that. Walk me through the the creative process of of creating a sermon. Oh wow! I mean, in the beginning, detailed. I want. I want details. Yeah. Oh wow! From like, like, how do you choose like the scripture? Monday, right. Monday. You know that you gotta preach on Sunday, or however long you know you are gonna preach on the third, like th- third Sunday. Okay, wow! I, I mean, see, God has allowed me to evolve. The Holy Spirit has allowed me to evolve. My prayer when I was in Bible college was um, we had seven minutes to SG. The word SG means to be able to articulate the word, break the word down. Mm-hmm. And there's structures, just like you're writing in school. There's a there's a there's a topic, right? There's a body to it as well. So there's what is a topic. You have the the body and you have the conclusion. It's mm-hmm. no different than you're writing a paper in school. Is that the difference is that it's a spiritual it's a spiritual right, mm-hmm. and you're seeking God on what to write according to His Word. And, and and once I was able to be able to sermons would just come to me, and I would just write. God would give me the title, but no scripture. Mm-hmm. Or he'll give me a scripture, no title. Right. And I would write them down. They would just be in a box somewhere until the appropriate time. But most of the sermons came to me. I could really preach them in my head before they were on paper. Mm-hmm. So what happens is once you get it on paper in the early stages, you follow that paper. Mm-hmm. And when you're up preaching it, as the 
law begins to work on you and deal with you, you can look at the paper and move from the paper mm -hmm. and come back to it. But once I was proficient in that, my prayer law was, I don't want to use a paper. Right. And he heard my cry. So now it's rarely that I get up and use paper to preach. Mm -hmm. Because the most important thing, I want to be sincere. I want right. to be transparent. That's why we have to study. You know, so the more words you have in you, the more you can gurgitate out of you. Mm. You know what I mean? So if you have nothing in you, I don't care if you write it down or not, nothing's going to come out. So, but the more word that you have in you, that would, that's the nuance to being able to articulate or to convey God's word. So now, I, most of the time, I don't use any paper mm -hmm. and I give a story. And I'm telling the story, but I'm bringing it to reality. Mm -hmm. I want people to understand that this is today, though it happened years ago, it's still happening today. I love that, man. I love that. Now, this is not on the, uh, not on, like I said, it's not on the agenda, but another question that, mm -hmm. you know, just sparked because of what you said. Do you have a favorite sermon that you have? Uh, yeah, I got a lot of favorites, man. One of my, um, we just did a crusade, man. Sorry, everyone who missed it. My God, man, it was a blessing. And the Lord had gave me that message the day two or three months before the crusade. So when God is giving me, gives me a crusade to do, he gives me the word right away. Right. Um, but my favorite message is uh, probably, uh, it don't take a lot, just enough. Mm. I, could pre I, I know the sermon in the, like the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a lot, just enough. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that God and his sovereignty, he does things in small batches. Mm -hmm. He does things... Though he multiplies when he blesses you, in order for him to bless you, he does it with one and one, mm -hmm. two plus two. But in the spirit realm, he's multiplying it. So he takes little and makes a lot out of it. So mm. it doesn't take a lot, just enough. That's oh, my wow. favorite sermon. I love that, man. Another question, um, <laughs> not on the thing. No, I'm serious. I just no, want to just... No, go ahead. I speak to him all the time. We right. have like huge... I would say, I like them. I look... Debates because we're so different, right? So I like our little. We have we, we debate, but sometimes we we got to bring it in. It's, I think it's because, because we're two different personalities. We're combat. We can be combated sometimes. I'm right. compassionate about being emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fix it up. Right. <laughs> um, the question was: Do you ever reuse sermons, or are there different ones every time you preach? I have you. You know, that's a you know, in my early years at Antioch Church of God in Christ. I have used a message a few times before, and what I found out or what I was taught, which is true, God wants to convey that message mm. to a group of individuals, so he'll bring it back again. Mm. It may be in a different format, but it's basically saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it won't be the same title, but it'll be the same concept. Mm -hmm. uh, same scriptures, but in a different way I'm bringing it out. So I have at times, but not as of late, mm -hmm. of course. I don't know if everybody noticed, but you are much of a speaker. <laughs> what advice would you give somebody who has to do a, a big speech or be in front of people? Wow. Um, don't, don't worry about being nervous. It's great to be nervous because that shows you're human. And when you're not nervous, that can be a sign of um, there's no humility there. It's mm -hmm. all you. Mm -hmm. So it's great to be nervous. Mm -hmm. It's great to... Um, and you can use that nervousness once you get up there to turn it to fire. Mm -hmm. um, me, when I used to work at Payne Weber, I, I was in Toastmasters. When I was in college, um, I was in a I was in a um, program where we did speeches. 
Um, my teacher saw that my first speech in the speech class was a nun. She was, she said, have you ever spoke before? My first time ever speaking was uh, a topical speech was uh, how to prepare a paper airplane. Mm-hmm. And I did a brief history on paper. And as I was talking, I, I made a paper airplane. And she was like, have you ever spoke before? I was like, no. And she put me with another uh, professor. And they wanted me to do speeches and things like that or rate over uh, in competitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the first time someone really saw the gift in me. Then that pain Weber, I joined Toastmasters. And they taught us how to speak. Then when I, I had a, I was employed with New York Life Insurance as well. And we had training on how to speak mm-hmm. as well. So I, I've had some form of training as far as speaking. And in Bible College, where we had to do the seven-minute sermons. Most importantly, the one thing I would definitely encourage anyone who wants to be a great speaker is to be knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. You can't speak about anything if you don't have anything in you to talk about. I love it. Uh, so that's number one. You have to be read up on things. Even if you're a pastor and you're preaching biblically, you need to know what's going on in the world. And so you can bring all that ties in with what God says regarding even the last days and things like that. So you must read. You must be knowledgeable. And then once once you have all the, the words on the inside of you, mm-hmm. God, he'll write it for you. He'll write it for you. And he'll even preach it through you. All you got to do is open up your mouth and he'll deliver the word however he wants to come out. I love it. I have one last question because I know I know Ashley wants to get to the rapid no, 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 fire question. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you speak a lot about um, you called it Bible college, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think someone can be a pastor without that? Oh, of course, by all means, uh, by all means. Before there were schools, God was just calling people. Mm-hmm. You know, the prophets, <clears throat> the prophets of old didn't necessarily go to school. Right. Um, the apostles walked with Jesus. That mm-hmm. was the school. They were disciples. Um, but no, you don't have to go to school systematically to be a preacher. That only, that, you know, God calls you, you can start preaching mm-hmm. right away. Just preach. But you need to study to show yourself approved. So you need to study God's word. Right. Not to preach, but to build a relationship. Right. That's number one. Build a relationship with them so you can have dialogue with God so he can say, say this and say that. Go here. Don't go there. But once you get his, his word in your heart at that point, you can go out and preach, man. But the thing about school, the great thing it is it helps you to be to learn how to study systematically mm-hmm. and learn how to uh, exegete the word. You can mm-hmm. go to school, you can learn Greek, you can learn Latin, you can learn Hebrew. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to break down the word of God from its original context. So mm-hmm. school plays a great part, but you don't have to. But I would encourage anyone to take some classes in school mm-hmm. to help you cultivate what God has already instilled in you. I love that. Uh, I love the fact that you said it's more about building the relationship. Yes. I, I love that. I love that so much. Okay, Ashley, go ahead. No, I was, I was just waiting for a time to, to get in. Go ahead. So, I think it's time. You don't have a watch on. I know. I think it, yeah, I think it's time for our rapid fire questions. <laughs> was that, was that That's your the crowd. Right, right. So, these rapid, <laughs> <laughs> These rapid fire questions, mm-hmm. you have to answer them as fast as possible, okay? Wow, okay. Are you ready? No hesitation. <laughs> no wow. hesitation. The first thing that comes to your mind, this can be lethal. Okay, okay. All right? Okay, I got you. Are you ready? Yes. Would you rather only be able to minister to a congregation or only to the homeless? Homeless. Would you rather have smelly breath every time you pray for somebody or have your pants ripped in the middle of a sermon? Smelly breath. 
<laughs> never be able to speak again or never be able to give your opinion? Never be able to give my opinion. Favorite author? Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Favorite biblical story? The woman at the well. Favorite scripture? John three sixteen and 17. Mm. Favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I and, love it. And your favorite snack? All of them. <laughs> I you wasn't answering them fast enough. I was trying to catch you with that favorite child one. I was trying to catch you. I'm from the streets. <laughs> the funny thing when she when I saw that I was just like, oh, she's trying to catch him right? slipping. Nah, I'm alright. Can't catch me slipping. Man. And we have one last question we like to ask all of our guests. Not last question, but what is your secret talent? Wow, my secret talent. Yep, that nobody knows. Nobody knows that no one knows. Or maybe only a few people. A yeah. few people. Oh, I write songs. Like, like, so, look at his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of songs? Right. I write. I write gospel songs. I got a box of songs. I a write. box. Yeah, a few. Not notebooks. Books. You got not notebook. Well, no, boxes. I would say I got a not a big box, but like I a got shoebox. My fact, I got a notebook. Oh, okay. A okay. notebook. So, I, I so, you're, so, you're, so you're on your ditty. Hey, that's what I came to New York for to be in the music industry, man. And God flipped the script, you know? Okay. I thought I was going to be the next ditty, so. Uh-huh. But God flipped the script on me. Okay. Wow. No, no, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know, that. know that either. I didn't, you see? I didn't know that Look either. Yeah, I came to New York in 1996 with a friend. My, I knew that, my yeah. Aunt, we lived with my aunt. Um, we wanted to be in music. He sang. I was going to manage and produce. And pre-9-11, we was hitting all the record labels. You can just walk into a building, go upstairs, and let me speak to such and such. And I met so many people in the industry. Benny Rat from Def Jam. Mm. Um, MCA Records back then was uh, Hank Shockley. He was the manager of uh, Public Enemy. Yeah, I, I was I was meeting people. I got him on Apollo. He won two times before he can go on a live version. Mm. I had artists. One day, I heard this voice that preach. And I, I ran from it for a little while. And in one particular day, I wasn't working. I was living with my aunt. I got a uh, law firm. I'm sorry. I got an uh, entertainment at an entertainment law firm. I got an um, internship mm-hmm. in Newark, New Jersey. Went for the interview. It was two internships, one paying, one non-paying. Of course, they gave the female the paying mm-hmm. and gave me the non-paying. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I need to work. I live with my aunt. So I worked there one day and I quit because I can't forget industry parties. I need to bring in some money. Right. And so one day I was walking down the street. with. I met P. Diddy at a gospel concert. We talked. He said, um, take your resume to my man, Kurt Burroughs. Mm-hmm. That was one of his people down there at a record shop where it was down on 23rd Street in that downtown area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it was, and I was a little afraid to work with them because of what was going on with the East Coast, West Coast thing. So I never took my resume. Mm-hmm. One day I was walking down the street, was not working. I said, Lord, if you want to do something in my life, I said, I'm going to give all this up for you. All the business cards I threw in the garbage. All the press kits we made, I gave them back to the artists. The next week, I wasn't working. The next week, I got a call from my cousin's boyfriend. I got a job for you at Payne Weber. After I said, Lord, I give all this up for you. So I wanted to be in lights, man. Wow. Never knew that. Never knew that, man. Wow. I came to be a star, man. You know, I walk up and down Broadway, man. It's just like, yo, my name is going to be in lights one day. Mm-hmm. And my homeboy, he went back. So I'm not going back till I make it. I never went back. Mm-hmm. Does your friend still sing? Nah, he got, got in a situation. So I think he got locked up. So oh. mm-hmm. sometimes you can't go back to Egypt when God bring you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. 
You can still be like a gospel Diddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the gospel version of Diddy. Well, I don't want to be Diddy associated because I I don't know. He, he kind of weird. So I would probably <laughs> I went patting my, no, my I'm, you know I know what, what I mean, you mean, yeah. but you know, you know, I would want you to make maybe like a gospel Dre, you know. Right. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Right. Diddy want to wear wigs or, 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 or flat tops. You this know. is a creative podcast. We are. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, no, it's all good. Nah, I, I love it all. Uh, I'm a comedian too, so. Oh, that's another secret talent. Yeah, you know. We're not going. We're not even going to get into that. All right. We're not. We right. not. Um, we a, not. A question that we like to ask every one of our guests is, "What is one creative thing that has changed your life?" That's a great, great question. One creative thing is the ability to be persuasive. Yes. Mm. You can sell a barretto ball woman. When I could sell ice, I could sell ice water in the winter and hot water in the desert. For real. It's a concept. Who needs water in the desert? Everyone. But they don't need it hot, but they need water. Sip mm-hmm. it. Don't swallow it down. Don't drink it down real fast. <laughs> Gotta sip it. Just wet the palate. It's a concept. And he's so <laughs> serious. If I hadn't seen this for myself, I'm so serious. Yeah, you need water in the desert, right? Even yeah. if it's hot. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 gulp it down. Sip mm-hmm. it. Wet the palate. Cold water. You sold. Because you're so, you gonna buy that water because you need water. Yeah. See. Wow. <laughs> I, I've I've never heard anybody say that. You can sell a Barretto Ball woman. I'm telling you. Yeah. Wow. Hold on to it. One day, if you get the right products. <laughs> Wait. It's, have faith. He said, get the right hold products. on to it. <laughs> one day, put it up in a case. Just get her to believe that one day she's going to have hair. It's like buying it before it's time. What if she want to be bold? Like, huh? what if she wants to be? That's her choice. Not by circumstance. She may have kids one day. Oh. <laughs> He said, hold on to this one bull rat. It's your lucky bull rat. Don't get rid of this bull rat. You remember this bull rat here? It's like, yo, he told me to hold on to it. And then one day it's going to turn into a bag mm. of bull rats. Right. You got to start somewhere. Despise not the dead small things. I love it, man. I love it. Well, listen, Pastor, I want to thank you so much for coming on no, the show, thank you man. for asking me. I'm humble. I was humble when you guys asked me to do this, so I really appreciate it. Yeah. I pray that God blow this up for you guys, and I'm going to be praying that God would take it to heights unknown because I think you, you have something great here. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate that, and we yes. and we receive that. Amen. Yes. <laughs> and it, definitely, it can definitely fly once y'all definitely say yes, Lord, and do it, you know. He's calling y'all to do because he has great works for y'all. Explores. Just say yes, Lord. Lift your hands and tell the Lord yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. All right. That means that we're going. I'm gonna help y'all oh, get okay. to where y'all need to be at. Then. Okay. Let's right. do it. Let's do it. I mean, you're gonna have to strip some things now. Take off some <laughs> things now. Some places you might not be able to go. Some things you might not be able to say. But it'd be good for you. It's good medicine. Let's talk about it afterwards. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's like, oh my god, why did we get that to? Um, but listen, uh, thank and also we want to thank the listeners for listening in. Uh, you can stay up to date with us at Rise of the Creative NYC. Uh, you can follow me at the RMB Student. I'm not going to spell it because Ashley teases me all the time. <laughs> Ashley, you can follow me you? on my Instagram at Ash underscore Slays. And where can they find you? Where can they, if they wanted to, I don't know, follow your ministry or oh, they can they can look Sebastian Boyd Ministries. Is that on Facebook or Facebook? Instagram? Also, we have a website, SebastianBoardMinistries.org, as well as um, 
Evangel World Outreach Church page, also Sebastian Board Ministries page, Facebook. We're gonna Love get it. you an Instagram page. We're gonna get you up with the times. I'm trying to get off the grid, so I don't know if that's no. Gonna I work. mean, as a, like a as an outreach kind of thing. Okay, I'm trying to get off the grid, man. You gotta be on the grid to get the people, though. I'm, I, you gotta with, get with the times. I'm trying, but I, I gotta get off the, the grid, Winston, man. They okay. got all my information out there, in there, man. Okay. Now you conspiracy brother too. Yeah. <laughs> that's another topic. Another oh, topic. That's another another time. Right, right. Creating the conspiracy. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we are out. We out. Peace. Wait, wait, wait. What about now? All right, all right. Maybe the next show. <laughs>